Rhea, and this is Was That Good For You, a podcast all about sex and relationships. We cover everything from kinks to long-distance dating and everything in between. Today's topic is sex and cannabis, and today's guest is Sophie St. Thomas. Thank you so much, Sophie, for jumping on today. Yeah, I'm stoked to talk. Thank you for having me. Of course. Would you mind telling, I mean, me as well as the listeners a little bit about your work in the sex and cannabis space? Yeah, of course. I am a author and journalist. I have written two books about cannabis. The first one is called Finding Your Higher Self. It came out last year. It's about cannabis and self-care. I really wanted to bridge the gap between medical and recreational because I, as, as a medical patient and a recreational user, find that the two really overlap and that the benefits of cannabis can be just like so accessible for everyone, even if you don't have a medical card. Yeah. So that was that self-care book. And then the follow-up, which is all about CBD, comes out on September 15th. And then in February, my third book called Sex Switch, which is all about spells to make your sex and love life better using evidence, believe it or not, is out around Valentine's Day. And as a journalist, I'm a frequent contributor to Playboy, um, Allure, GQ, Harper's Bazaar, Vice, pretty much whoever will have me. Yeah, I love that. So um, it's funny you say Playboy. I, I worked there for a few years. Oh, no way. Yeah, I, I ran their social media. media. Oh, cool. Um. So uh, a big re- a big thing I wanted to talk about and kind of jump into and kind of the reason that we were brought together is this intimacy journal that you've worked mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So I got mine in the mail the other day and I've never had an intimacy journal, let alone one that kind of like incorporates cannabis. But I love how detailed it is, like everything down to like the strain, like the amount of orgasms you had, how long the sex lasted. It's like it's really, really detailed. Yeah, it is really detailed kind of um I don't know in my in my relationships with people of my same gender we always joke that I'm the dirtbag boyfriend which I think <laughs> I am who I'm dating but part of it I admit I love that it is kind of like a naughty like log book of your sexual conquests so there that's the pervy explanation for that <laughs> people are so different when it comes to both sex and cannabis, my two biggest beats, it just continues to surprise me in what they want or what they don't want. And while people are certainly entitled, like, you know, not to have sex if you're asexual or not to indulge in cannabis, if it's just not your thing, when I hear kind of blanket statements, just like, oh, I don't like weed. I'm like, well, tell me about like, your weed experience. They're like, oh, well, you know, like when I was in high school, I ate this brownie and it had like, 100 milligrams of THC. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) of course you don't like weed. Like that's, that's horrible. It'd be horrible for anyone. And I started off as, please let me know if I'm rambling. Please ramble, please. (laughs) To use, I wasn't a big cannabis user until now over seven years ago, I started using it as a medical marijuana patient for PTSD stemming from a sexual assault. And you know, I had the help of like doctors, but it was a little like a lot of trial and error to find what is best for me because, you know, an edible can take two to three hours to kick in. But then if you don't want to like worry about like adjusting your high, you can be stoned, you know, for six hours if for like a long night of really good sex. Um, yeah. Whereas like inhalation, you know, it's pretty instant and it will go away quicker 
too. I found that I, I still obviously use cannabis for sex. Thankfully, the PTSD stemming from that sexual assault has been mostly, you know, treated in these past seven years, thanks to lots of therapy and medical marijuana and just, you know, growing older. But now, but I use it for pleasure constantly, you know, and I use it in the same way. And I think that's really interesting, but I don't want people to have bad experiences. I want people to have good experiences and find out even if it's just a topical, you know, like you can just use an anal suppository or a vaginal suppository and you don't even have to feel like psychoactive effects. But the endocannabinoid system, which is our body's own biological system that literally exists as just to be receptors for cannabinoids. Um, THC is a cannabinoid. CBD is a cannabinoid. They're the molecules that make you feel good. There's just so much that cannabis can do. And if it ever sounds kind of like snake oily, people are like, why? Wait, weed can do all of this? It's just because it interacts with our entire body. And I had been using Goldleaf's medical journal as a medical patient and found it very useful in finding the right dose for me. And I just when I was looking at it one day and emailing with Goldleaf about something for an article and was like, we have to do a sex version of this. Like yeah. I want to help people find their perfect aphrodisiac. Well, I think that that's what's so great about it is it's like you said, so many people I know are really, really kind of like scared or apprehensive about marijuana because like you said, they had, they've had like this one really terrible experience. I think the pot brownie example is really good, but I have so many friends who like, you know, for example, maybe grew up smoking weed a little bit here and there in high school, but it was like kind of hard to find and maybe it like wasn't that strong. And then you like come to California and you smoke like this very, (laughs) very potent weed. And and it's just like that first time is like not what you expected. And I think it kind of scares a lot of people off. I personally have been smoking weed since high school, but I have definitely had experiences where I'll like take an edible and it'll be terrible. And I'll, ha- I'll like stop for six months because I'll get like a little bit scared or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's very like, I feel like it's very easy to like have a bad experience and just write it off completely versus kind of being like, well, this was bad because, you know, I took too much or maybe it wasn't the right strain or maybe I wasn't in the right headspace. But that doesn't necessarily mean you need to write it off as a whole because like you said, there are so many benefits to it. Yeah, there are. And I think we just kind of need to say out front that until it's federally legalized, we're going to have these limitations, you know, people are going to be subjugated to whatever like the dealer has, and it might not be right for them. And not only that, but, you know, I think with things like cannabis, just science is so important, because, you know, you can't, we have a study like like talking about safety or or you know ability as as a vasodilator, for instance, which means it you know increases blood flow, which is why it can help make orgasm stronger, and that's how okay. like, pleasure oils and things like that work. But you know we're still we're whether people know it or not, we're still kind of fighting. Not kind of, we are fighting that Reagan era war against drugs. Just say no mentality, Absolutely. where you know our government has, according to our government marijuana is more dangerous than cocaine, which as someone who used to do way too much cocaine and has <laughs> had to quit, but it's, it's like, I, they are, that is not, that's not how it goes. But, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> so yeah, I just guess I just wanted to, to touch that, that we really, really need a federal legalization. Um, I used to hate Joe Biden's policies on cannabis, but I think he knows that he has to 
go with what the country wants and more right. Americans than ever have wanted have wanted legalization. So I'm really hoping that a if we can get the Democrats in, we we ha- this goal is within reach. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's 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 interesting too because like you said, it's like even someone like me who's like smoked recreationally for so long, there's like this stigma, right? That's like built up behind it. So, I think I had a medical card when I first moved to LA because it was like 5 years ago, so it was before it was legal recreationally. And even then, it still kind of felt like, "Oh, I'm just doing it because I want." It's like I I almost like didn't take the the benefits of it medically seriously. And then a couple years ago, I was thinking about it and somebody was like, oh, you smoke a lot. And I realized, although I I love smoking and I love being high, I also, I have a really, really small appetite. Like I'm a, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a naturally tiny person. I'm five feet and like 90 pounds, but I also just like don't have much of an appetite. And it's really hard for me to like be hungry and like consume yeah. like enough nutrients that I'm healthy. And I realized that I was smoking before every meal. And like that, that stigma was like still this like, tiny subconscious thing in my head that was like, man, I like smoke before every meal. That's terrible. Like, am I addicted? And then I was like, oh no, I'm actually using it medically to help with my appetite. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. And something, I mean, I struggle with that too. You know, I am 32 and have published already two books on cannabis, which seems awesome. And when I think about what I do, it's awesome. But even, but you know, but then I can like be high watching TV after a long day of work and be like, are you a lazy stoner? Like, yes. like you know, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, no, you're not. But it's like, but you're a lazy stoner. That's what pot does. It's for like, you know, unproductive people. And I, I hope we can all deprogram ourselves. And um, yeah, thank you for having me on. We just have to keep talking about it. It's also really important to me to kind of fight this war on, I describe it as like this war on pleasure. Yeah. Which is kind of what I wanted to hit upon when I was talking about bridging the gap between recreational and medicinal. Because, for instance, say like me taking, um, you know, a 10 milligram THC capsule for my medical dispensary. You know, if, if I was having really bad like flashbacks and used it for that in 2013, 2014, is that okay? Because like I was having severe symptoms. But what about now where it just mellows me out and makes me less anxious and makes sex more fun? And I just like the high. Is yeah. that no longer medical? Is that only recreational? And does that become bad? Is it bad just because it makes me feel good? I, I really don't think so. But I think unknowingly our culture kind of does draw that line. It's like, well, if you're high, if you're enjoying the euphoria that THC one is one of the side effects of THC, you know, this is bad. But anything before that is good. But I just think that's such bullshit. I think we should, you know, be entitled to all the pleasure speaking of sex and cannabis. And when it comes to substances. Yeah, the last time I had a weed brownie, that was too much. It was like one of the worst days of my life. But it's just so safe physically like that, unless you have a few seizure seizure disorders, that really is the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to be really uncomfortable. So it's very safe to experiment with. And to like there's just you can't die from it right right yeah and I think that it's so interesting that you say the war on pleasure because I feel like I deal with that a lot obviously kind of like being in the sex and relationship space it's like I get some people that are like well you know I you know I I, I've been sleeping with like a, a, a decent amount of partners recently and it's because blah 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 and it's like sometimes I feel like I want to tell especially women like 
you don't have to have like you don't have to be like finding yourself or like looking for a partner like you can just do anything you want because (laughs) you want to do it I mean you know within reason of course obviously you're not hurting anyone but like it's okay to do things strictly because you feel like doing it and that's fine (laughs) yeah that's that's very true I feel like when one this is like totally nothing to do with cannabis at all. But like one thing that I recently like started to accept with that is like tattoos. Like I feel like when you're younger, it's like every tattoo has to have like a big meaning behind it. And it's like, this means this. And I got it like from this, like and my grandpa passed away or like whatever the situation. And now it's like, I just got it because it looks cool. And I wanted it on my body. Like, and that's fine. Like, it's okay that there's like no big reason behind it. I just felt like it. And so I did it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. I, my tattoos have long since ventured into fuck it fuck it land. Yeah, absolutely I'm back in my first one versus like my last one and it's like I got this because it really meant this to me and now I'm like oh I saw that on tumblr and it was sick and so I went to a tattoo shop and said put this on my body um <laughs> so another thing I want to talk about because I think I I do I do feel like I know a lot of people and I'm even one of them it's like I love cannabis I love sex but I don't necessarily know how to find the right I guess, sex cannabis recipe? Like, how do you, how do you figure that out, that out if you're still a beginner? Like, is it, is it as simple as, well, I want to have really energetic kinky sex, so I, I should go for a sativa strain? Or is it a bit more complicated than that? I don't think it has to be complicated. I, two things, I would suggest starting with masturbation first. Okay. Like, see what it's like to have a stoned orgasm on your own. Because, the reason, you know, there's if in the journal, like you mentioned, the sex part is very detailed too. It's not just about the cannabis because like your setting is going to affect everything. You know, you could ingest the same amount of cannabis and you're if you're with some toxic person who's like body shaming you or like making you feel bad about wanting to use a vibrator or something versus like, you know, just the most loving, caring partner who is being supportive and awesome in all the ways, you're going to have a different experience. And if you're by yourself and you're nervous, like, well, what if I'm like too goofy or what if this and this, you know, right. just start low and go slow is always the rule. You know, I vaping and smoking, I feel like are a little taboo at the moment because of COVID, but yeah. lots of doctors will still say that's what's best for certain people. You know, so either take one or two, a few puffs and see how it is. Or if you're going with an edible, start with five milligrams. You know, if after two to three hours, you want more, you can have more, but it's so much better to have nothing happen or less than nothing happen than have too much happen. Uh, The third thing I would suggest is playing with topicals. I would suggest getting a topical with THC in it if possible, even just a little bit, because there are studies about what we call the entourage effect, which basically means that cannabis works better if kind of everyone comes to the party compared to just an extract of pure CBD. Okay. Even even if, yeah, even if you just want CBD, if there's a little bit of THC, you can buy that in any state where you can't buy that everywhere. Again, we need to get the reason we have so much pure like CBD products are because in a lot of states, they're not allowed to make anything else. But I would get a topical if you can with that's full spectrum. Okay. If something is full spectrum, it means everything's in it. And just play with it. Like just masturbate. You do need mucous membranes, which means that people with penises, if they put a topical on their penis, it's not going to really do anything. Whereas a vulva or an anus will. 
Got it. But if you want to get high, I would get high by yourself, like set the mood. Oh my God. I had like this amazing stoned experimental memory of just like masturbating in my bathtub with candles. And it was, and I, and I learned a lot about my body. Yeah. And, you know, then you can get in a comfortable place and bring it in with someone you trust. Obviously this is going to, you know, if some, if you've been with the same partner for a while and you are comfortable with them, like by all means, just go for it. But starting with masturbation is always a good idea. So interesting. So do you find that males and females kind of react similarly to similar um, strains or similar, like different types of ingestibles? You know, there's some studies and, you know, that suggest that, for instance, like high testosterone levels make it harder to get high. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I I don't break it. I don't think it's a gender thing. I think it's just a person to person thing. I, yeah, and I think, you know, it's that's true just for everything. I think the way we look at substances in general is very one size fits all. Like I describe it as like off the rack when in reality it's couture, you know, okay. everyone should have a very like, you know, beautiful, unique experience, like tailored exactly to their body um, rather. So, you know, I don't know because I, I know people who don't, who le- legitimately I've seen them try, just don't like weed. And then they're fine with a few glasses of wine, but I don't drink because it, I don't like who it makes me just like this depressed psychopath, but cannabis is like just the ideal thing for everything from social anxiety to, you know, heightened sensation. And so I really, yeah, just encourage people to safely experiment and find out what works for you and don't be judgmental about it just as you wouldn't be judgmental, you know, to someone else is unless obviously that substance is making them act in ways that suggest they could need help. So, you know, that kind of gets a little fun or complicated, depending on how you look at it. If you have two partners, sometimes you can just pass a joint back and forth, but sometimes you're not on the same level chemical consumption wise. My boyfriend isn't a big cannabis user, but he loves red wine and the amount of sex we've had where he's just had some red wine and I'm on my edibles, but we're like still on exactly the same page because we're kind of both at our perfect vibe. There's it is so many times. So yeah, that's a very long answer, but I think it's individualized by individual. And I would, yeah, definitely allow room for that, especially when you're bringing in other people to your stoned sex life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting that you say that like for him, it's like red wine, which is like obviously not cannabis at all, but like for a couple maybe who both love smoking, maybe like it's totally different strains or something, or maybe one is on an edible and somebody is like, smoking a joint and it's like I guess it's all about trial and error kind of like everything with sex I feel like it's the same thing it's like all about trying a bunch of things and seeing what you like and what you don't yeah I mean I don't know I have a very high tolerance I can kind of just pop edibles (laughs) and and be fine I you know know my ideal dosage but I, I don't think I don't think we know why I don't think we know why yet everyone is so different yeah, that's so crazy to me too, because I I should have a higher tolerance. Like I said, I've been smoking for a really long time and I smoke really often now. But like with edibles, it's kind of it's kind of annoying because I, I love the high that I have when I am on like the perfect amount of edibles. But yeah. finding that perfect amount has been really, really tough for me. Um it's it's usually very a very, very small amount. Like the average like edible 
I don't know, is like, I don't know how much, how many milligrams it is, but like whatever the recommended dose is, I'll usually take like a quarter of that. And like you think that I'd be able to handle more because I smoke so often, but with edibles, it's like I have this very, very low tolerance versus like I can put away half a joint and be like, I'm stoned, but I'm fine. It's, it's very interesting how each one works so differently with your body. It is. Yeah. And it even can vary by location. You know, I've come to realize that unfortunately I often just stick with my cannabis capsules, which are edibles because I live in New York City and because I'm scared of riding the subway with flour. Cause even if I have a medical card, like that would get me arrested, you know, and I don't want this oh, smoke really? to, yeah, there's no like flour sold in New York through their medical program. It's all very, very medicalized. Like going to a dispensary here is not like in California. It's more like going to like get Botox, honestly. (laughs) Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's a med spa vibe. And everything's just labeled very clearly by like THC to CBD ratio. But that's about it. But I try, you know, they're discreet, I can go to, for instance, um, I happen to be a fan of play parties, and I'm pretty invested in the sex party scene here. Obviously, that's been curtailed due to the pandemic of course if I want want to go to something like that it's I just feel safer traveling with edibles and then I don't because because I yeah I just want everything to be legal yeah seriously (laughs) so yeah actually speaking of that have has there been any sort of like play party like pivot since quarantine like I think I I had a guest on recently who kind of slightly touched on um that like people have started like hosting zoom parties Oh, yeah, I hosted some of those. Oh, really? Mm hmm. Yeah. So I'm my my dear friends that I'm talking about are called NSFW, the New Society for Wellness. And it's a private members club specifically for cannabis and sex. So, yeah, so it's all so in the before days, it was a lot of very lovely, safe stoned orgies, but it's since gone online to Zoom. Um, they, NSFW has, they, yeah, they just can't operate right now. And, and unfortunately I will say not like off the record, but like off the record, there are a lot of private, smaller sex parties going on. It's, yeah, of course, you know, everything's become kind of very secret society. I've noticed, you know, you like, you get an invite. It's like on the down low, don't tell anyone, you know, is in um, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to, to it. That's, I don't, you know, I don't think any of us can think that far in the future right now. Yeah. It's, it's really tough for things like that. That's so, so, so very thrive on in-person or thrive on touch or anything like that. Yeah. It's like, I even think about like, like, um, you know, dominatrixes and things like that. And it just like, it's, it's so, it's so hard for sex workers and for people who, for example, who like host sex parties and play parties and things like that. It's like, I can't imagine like, it's like, how are people going to kind of, I guess, pivot in this new world where things are going to take a really long time to go back to normal? Yeah, especially cannabis. One of the things I love about weed is that it's such a community-oriented substance. You know, right. like, you have, uh, like, a bag of blow, and at least if you're, like, 
me. You're going to sneak in the bathroom, you know, and not tell anyone. Right. Like, right. Hush, hush, hush. But cannabis is all, or at least it used to be like, you know, puff, puff, pass, like share with a friend, like meet someone new, you know, people always people, whenever someone has weed out, they're always sharing it. It's just always. Yeah. It's, yeah. And you it's God, the amount of like friendships that I've forged, you know, over a joint. That's so that's that makes me sad to to see that, you know, people can't just sit ar- around and pass around a joint anymore. Um, I don't I don't know if the researchers are factoring that into how fastly they're developing a vaccine, but I wish they would. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's insane to see, but hopefully we can kind of get through this as quick as possible and get back to doing fun things like that. So one thing I wanted to ask about that I, you, you mentioned it earlier and I, and I made a mental note to ask about it because I actually have never seen it sold. So you said, so they make THC suppositories, anal and vaginal. Mm-hmm. They do. I am a very big fan of both of them. Um, I the only ones I've tried those, like, at a dispensary. I, my dispensary has them, but I've never gotten them from them. I should, okay. I have tried Foria's, both the CBD and the full spectrum with THC. I used them vaginally for period cramps. And that was really, really, really nice. Really? And, mm-hmm. I wow, just, I have no idea. Yeah, I just like put a pillow behind my head and like put on nice music and like put up the suppository and you just kind of I just kind of meditated there on my yoga mat for like 30 minutes and then went about my business and it really helped. Wow. And, and the anal suppositories, I can't recommend enough for anal sex. I just in my experience they make it so obviously if you're going to have anal sex there should be some preparation involved because right you know, it's not self self lubricating, the membrane is thinner. So my recipe for supposit for can for stoned anal sex is to insert one suppository, and then put in a butt plug like you normally would just for prep, but this will also, you know, keep keep the cannabis up there, and then fool around, etc, etc, etc. And then after about 30 minutes, you can move on to bigger things like a penis or a dildo. And I only have anecdotal answers on on this experiment, but yeah. they are that, that it that it works and it makes it 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 just helps you loosen up and it helps you it it numbs the pain without being one of those like numbing agents where it can be a little problematic. So you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm hurting my body or not. Right, right. Yeah, I find it has a per has a really nice balance of of pain, I suppose. Well, yeah, and that's it's. I'm. I love to hear this because it's a big question I get all the time. Whether it's like, um, uh, you know, a younger male who maybe wants to experiment with uh, self butt play for the first time, or maybe um, a woman whose boyfriend, you know, really wants to have anal sex and she's a little bit nervous. And it's like you can kind of go through the rounds of like the typical, I guess, advice where it's like, you know, get a nice lube, something that's you know water-based and and I, I think I've maybe even recommended smoking because like that's always helped for me with anal sex yeah. it's like it definitely just like relaxes me but to know that there's like an anal suppository that can kind of like take that relief that you get from cannabis to the next level is super good to know I think yeah I uh, now I want some <laughs> yeah seriously it's like I'm like writing a note in my phone like check out Foria's suppository yeah, they're great so what would your advice be to someone who's 
maybe like kind of like we talked about like scared quote unquote of weed like maybe they've had a bad experience on an edible or something but they're ready to start experimenting again I would tell them to go to their favorite stoner friend <laughs> and ask the stoner friend to basically be like a trip sitter. Yeah. And or okay, this is what like for instance, I want to turn my boyfriend on to weed a little bit more. Uh-huh. So I have this game afternoon play planned with me, him, his best friend, his best friend's girlfriend, where we're just gonna play board games. And like pass around a joint. And that's perfect because it's, you know, it's something to do. It's something that is going to be more fun when we're all high. It's it's not just me. It's me and then his best friends and all these people. He'll be in a very safe environment with people he trusts and loves very much. So, yeah, honestly, speaking of community, I would reach out to your kind of stoner friend and make sure they start low with you. If you're doing edibles, don't take any more than five milligrams the first time. Yeah. But if you're, if you're experienced with cannabis, but maybe new to cannabis and sex, I, you know, the idea of staying in and by yourself and masturbating is really lovely. And certainly if you want to like get high on your own, that's great. But you know, anxiety is a side effect that happens to a lot of people or paranoia. And I find that, if when, if when you're with other people who you really trust, you can feel a lot safer and more open and you're less likely to just to get stuck in your head as you would maybe if you got back into weed just alone in your apartment. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I feel like that reminds me very much of the first time that I ever experimented with psychedelics. And, you know, I was understandably nervous. Psychedelics can be scary, especially when, again, going back to like you know, dare and all that shit. It's like, they kind of like tell you like, oh, you're going to think you're a bird and you're going to jump off your roof. And it's like, you kind of get, get these like crazy stories about them. And I kind of had the same thing. I like reached out to a really good friend of mine who absolutely loves psychedelics and just has a lot of experience with them. And she was like my uh, shroom mom and she, my apartment and I felt very safe with her and just a few other girlfriends. I wanted to be in an environment with only women. And so she like made that happen and she had like canvas and paints and Play-Doh and she put on like a different Pixar movie in every room. And she just like, she made it this very like warm and welcoming and loving environment where it was one of those environments where like nothing, nothing bad could happen. Like there was, there was no way to kind of let like bad or anxious or uncomfortable thoughts get in. And I think like, it's like you said, it's like making this environment where it's going to be really, really hard for you to have a bad time, no matter what. Of course. And just another tip, there is some research that suggests that CBD can lower the effects of THC. So if I ever, so I would keep a vial of CBD oil or a CBD tincture around And if you get too stoned, just pop some CBD under your tongue. Wow, I had no idea. That's a super good tip. Yeah, isn't it? I love that one. Wow, I love that. Okay. So, well, the last thing I wanted to talk about is I would love for you to quickly tell me and the listeners a little bit more about your book coming out in February because, first of all, I love just the idea of a sex witch, but I don't really know much about really what that (laughs) means. Oh. I love being a sex witch. I love that. I love that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> well, I know I, lo- I write about subcultures as well. And I okay. know a fair amount about the occult. I am Allure's resident astrologer. I okay. tarot. And 
oh my god, just all this witchcraft stuff. You know, yeah. it's very it's very trendy. And I was seeing we're seeing a lot of spell books and spells to do things that just wouldn't work. Um, you know, I'm kind of I I I love science and sometimes like straddling that very practical side of me versus my interest in something like magic can be kind of tricky. And I know it can be kind of tricky for other people too. And so I was just like, I'm going to write spells that have real magic in them, you know, like go through the different deities and include, you know, you know, maybe a pomegranate seed, which has been used for centuries and centuries in magical practices and ha- and have these spells that have a- a- literally ancient occult knowledge in them, but also intertwine it with sex and dating advice because I've been writing about sex and dating for 10 years. I have them. I know a lot, whether I, pl- I use it correctly in my own life is another story, but <laughs> same. <laughs> But I do know a lot of evidence-based sex and relationship advice. So I pitched pitched it as a spell book that will actually work because it's going to, you know, do the fun things like, you know, carve like your your zodiac sign and his zodiac sign into the red candle, you know, and then apply it with menstrual blood or like whatever. That's a pretty more hardcore spell. But but to me, and then here do this communication like exercise or you know it gives there's spells for instance on how to find the right relationship format for you because it's you know far more complex than just monogamy or polyamory there's everything in between and I'm I'm really really stoked about this book I'm really excited about it I'm really proud of it but yeah it's a spell book that you will, will teach you how to be a witch and teach you how to use all of these skills to make your sex and love life better. I love that. And I feel like, do you feel like there's a correlation between your work with cannabis and something like sex magic? Cause I feel like when I first hear sex, which I like, I do kind of think of like herbs and like stones and flower. And like, I get that like kind of very like earthy vibe. And I feel like they kind of almost correlate. They certainly do for me personally. I, I've heard different things from different. I like. I know some people who practice magic and don't like any altered state of conscious. But like yeah. a stoned meditation for me is amazing. Like I just, it just makes the whole experience so much more powerful. It's cannabis is such a creative tool for me. In ever most of. When, during the day when I'm writing and like editing and working with editors, I'm sober, but the brainstorming and the ideas that I've come up with with cannabis are just, you know, pretty much so just so much of my work. So for me, there's a giant correlation between them. Yeah. Um, for anyone else, I would say it doesn't have to be cannabis in particular, but I certainly am very encouraging of people seeking pleasure in safe ways. And I think, and then cannabis is exactly that. Absolutely. I totally agree. Well, I think that's a good place to stop, but thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. This was wonderful. I could talk forever.
Yeah, no, seriously, this was great. I, I actually, I looked at the clock and I couldn't believe it's already been passed. <laughs> but uh, do you uh, do you have like a pre-order link or anything yet for Sex Magic? I mean, I'm sorry for Sex Witch. Yeah. Oh God, I do on my website. I have the luxurious problem of having several books I'm promoting at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, if people, people just if you would follow me, if you're listening on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at the Bowie Cat. That is like David Bowie and then Cat. Yeah. And yeah, I post everything on there. Amazing. Awesome. I'll make sure to link all of that, all of your socials down below so that people can find you. But thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.